I have camera. Oh, have you have you ever done oh, this no, before? Can I do the crunchy snacks? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Interrupt the live stream. We're literally live right now. <laughs> so um, the, so mm. typically you want to look in the eye of the camera. Okay. Have you ever? Um, you may want to mute that. <laughs> this okay. is the funniest thing ever, guys. So welcome to the mic is listening. My name is Sia. And today's episode is completely different outside the norm. Um, we're actually off site right now, whooping it up in, in the wonderful town of Oklahoma City. And I probably shouldn't put my uh, hand on the table as it's moving around right now. But I've got a special guest today. We're kind of changing it all up and having a lot of fun. But I'm thrilled to welcome my wonderful niece, Caitlin. Katie. Woo! Welcome, Katie. Thank you. So, um, yeah, long story short is uh, the regular person canceled. So I said, who wants to be with me on a live stream? Absolutely zero people volunteered in my family. So what do you do? You force them on to join. Isn't that the best thing ever? Well, I think I tried forcing someone else and now I'm here. So... Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's what we do. It's what we do in our family. We, we like to challenge ourselves, right? So how many times on LinkedIn do we say, you know, reach out, um, you know, get out of your comfort level and try something new. And guess what I just did? I just dragged, you know what? <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. But here, no, here's why I actually asked Caitlin to join me. And did I, I thought I created a, I could have I did. There we go. KT Wu, Dive Master Extraordinaire. Hello, hello. So the reason why I asked KT to join us today is because um, she is a Zillennial, technically right in between the cusp between uh, Generation Z and Millennials. And um, on my other podcast, not on this, Business Bites, um, Ben Baker and I talked about, you know, communication with uh, multi-generational uh, workplaces, as well as just the whole idea of having multi-generational workforce uh, in place right now. And so I talked to her about it. She had some very um, interesting thoughts and perspectives um, on, on what she thinks it is as she's entered the workforce. She's worked in both corporate environment as well as in a small, um, you know, I would say SMB uh, entrepreneurial pursuit. So we'll talk about her and her dive master coolness of it all. But she does have corporate experience. She's done some corporate sales, some operational stuff, and she's also done retail. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, because it's such a common path when you're starting on your own career um, to, you know, put your toe in the door in like different ways to like, you know, make money. So KT, I think I said welcome already, but uh, welcome. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Okay. So I know, I know I'm your auntie, but let me ask you this, because now that you've entered the workforce and um, you, like I said, you've kind of experienced different things. Are you seeing something that is um, inspiring you to kind of put your foot in the door and trying different things? Because you're a dive master right now. Mm -hmm. You're uh, a leader in a leadership role for this uh, organization. I guess, wait, stop, hold up. What's a dive master? So a dive master, how I like to explain it, it's the first level. So first off, dive mastering, it involves scuba diving. <laughs> If no one knows what that means and um, or dive master and dive master is the first level of professionalism. So I would like to explain I'm more of a student teacher. So I help out with classes and sometimes I do one on one classes with students and helping them succeed in getting their open water certifications. So I'm working on my assistant instructor, so just so I can actually take charge in that role of teaching students and kind of spreading that passion of exploring the ocean. 
Um, that's what I am right now. And I got into dive mastering because I snorkeled in Thailand, found out I was afraid of the ocean. Five months later, I kind of had, I, I don't know what hit me, but I kind of said, screw it. I'm going to go see the bottom of the ocean. And I got my open water certification, ended up falling in love with it, finished up my degree because I only had a semester left and found a job in scuba diving. So I can actually be near people who are in the same like things that I like. And it's been great because they've offered me a lot of opportunities. Yeah. And so here's what I thought was funny because, you know, as an aunt, I worry about, you know, the children and their future and I don't have kids. So, you know, congratulations to all my 10 nieces and nephews. They get default, you know, a second mom, if you will, um, crazier version of their own real moms. But what I, what I was worried about for you was um, because you start off in a career, you actually got a corporate job. You worked at a great organization mm-hmm. and then you're like, mm, I got my degree auntie. I got it, you know, international business. I'm just going to, you know, make some money and work in a retail place, which was not a bad place. I was like, Ooh, yeah. Spa hook, hook an auntie up. <laughs> um, so on the topic of spa, I got into that job because I was in college. It paid more money. I know nothing about skincare or like self care. So that position was difficult for me because I don't really wear makeup and people would come and be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, I like that one. It smells good. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, you're like me. You're basic. Yeah. I was like, oh, and like, do you do this? <laughs> like, what's your routine? Like, how is your skin so clean? Or, I mean, a couple years ago. Um, I was like, I just chug water. That was water is key, man. <laughs> but I think that's you know, you've always had a bit of a healthier mentality too. And I think the I, at least what I see is like I often see the the newer generations. Maybe because you're in your twenties, you're, you're a little bit more cognizant of your health, I guess. Or maybe because you're younger, you have that I don't know drive to really take good care of yourself. Because once you start getting your forties, let me tell you, man, everything falls apart if you haven't developed that habit. Of, of self-care, mm-hmm. uh, both mentally and physically, um, you know, I don't think my generation really cared as much about it as much as yours do. Do you think technology and the Instagramification of our culture and society has promoted more of a healthier lifestyle with your generation, or do you think it's full of crap? I think overall, yes, of course, because it's easily available. You can just swipe and you're like, oh, okay, healthy but lifestyle. And you're like, oh, everyone else is doing it because they want to look healthier. They want to feel better. And I also say, I look at my parents. I'm like, hmm, if I just. Ouch, that hurts. <laughs> when she says she looks at her parents, I, I feel very um, attacked. <laughs> like Because I'm your mom's sister, you know, so. uh but your mom, your mom's outdoorsy though. Your mom's very yeah, outdoorsy. Absolutely, and it's not that I think that the older generation worked on like, okay, I'm gonna create a better future. I'm gonna work hard. I'm just gonna hustle, hustle, hustle. That they kind of neglect what the little things are of like, oh, maybe you should skip out on the fast food and eat a salad every so often. <laughs> that reminds me of dinner last night. They're like all eating healthy. I'm like, I'll take a steak. <laughs> with beans uh yeah no but you know but it is true like um like 
Yeah. So, so let me ask you this because I don't think you had the same upbringing on me. Uh, so when I grew up, uh, literally, I was a latchkey generation. So me, basically, at the age of like ten years old, you know, I was walking by myself all over town and like walking myself home from school and literally having a key to let myself in through the door while you know people were out and about working. Um, did you have that experience with your mom and dad? Yes and no. Um, I would say we were able to go outside and walk to our friend's house. And, but a lot of times we were driven around <laughs> to kind of be like, okay, you're going here, you're going there. And I don't know, I've always heard that your kids are going to be two times worse than you are. So maybe my mom was like, I'm going to drive you. <laughs> And I would like to say that because of my mistakes, I've become a, a fairly lovely woman now. Dude, in my she was opinion. the worst. <laughs> she was the absolute worst as a teenager. Oh my gosh. But you know what though? Miss Sassafras, at least you could back up your Sassafrasness. But it was frustrating at times, no lie. Yes. Um, so, okay. So do you think your generation has more sense of adventure and risk taking? Yes and no, I feel, and I think what has, so a thing that's been challenging in my leadership role right now is that I have a younger, we get like summer internships that are like 15, 16 years old. And I think they are definitely more adventurous. They want to do more things, but sometimes when it comes to problem solving, they're very black and white. You kind of stare at them and that curiosity is gone. And so like the sense of risk is like, yeah, they'll do it because they're out of boredom. And that's like what they only think that they can do because they're in this black and white given scenario, I guess you could say in terms of like when they actually work. So maybe they're more adventurous in their free time, but when they work time, it's not as adventurous. So uh, I have to try to figure out how to engage them. And what I say is create a baby. So I'll give them a project or I'm not allow them. I, push them, encourage them to create something that I'm like, hey, what do you think is going to work better here? And I call it that their baby, because that's something that they're actually going to focus on, put more attention to it and effort into it, into making it successful. But then sometimes if it's out of that realm, it's like, Boosh. oh, yeah, no, you were talking about this the other day of, you know, like, because you're, again, you're, you're a little bit older for Gen Z, but we've got You've got cousins and I've got nieces and nephews that are definitely in the Gen Z generation. And, um, I, you know, I find it fascinating because, it's, you know, they're they're younger, they're inexperienced. But do you think they're curious? Do you think you're curious? Do you think your generation's curious? I think absolutely. We are curious in discovering what makes us happy, what pushes us. What, and But I think our attention span because of social medias or any technology has shortened. So our curiosity doesn't really flourish in the sense of like, okay, let's go out and discover unless you have that personality drive, but it's very like six seconds or oh, I don't know. I don't have TikTok or anything, but <laughs> however long those videos are. And then it's like, okay, next, next, next. And that, that's their curiosity window. So I would say we do still have curiosity, but very short, not enough to explore in depth of it. Oh girl. Okay. Now you bring up something that I find fascinating then um, because you're not, you're not like the stereotypical bless you. Um, you're the, you're not the stereotypical, uh, you know, when you think of like a millennial Gen Z or cause you're not huge in a social media, are you? I would say I, and why not or are, um, so we were actually talking about this the other day where I was a hundred percent like 
scrolling through social medias and like I sometimes I still do but I don't like to post too much because I think it got in my head where I was like oh I'm I'm wanting more likes I want to be noticed I want to be the the person the pretty person on Instagram or whatever and I started I stopped doing that just because my mental health for that was kind of deteriorating and I just got sad and I would you know stalk people and being like oh well, they're happy and I think during that transition of jumping into my fear of open water for scuba diving kind of opened that door or like kicked it down however Spartan kicked it down of like don't focus too much on other people and because honestly they grow up and people don't care and then just focus on like what really makes you happy Oh, I love that. So speaking of what makes people happy in life, you guys, I just want you to know how bad a ass my niece is, okay? Because I think we forget generationally. And you guys, tell me if you agree or disagree on this is, um, especially maybe as we get older, we get more sense of responsibility because life happens, right? We've got family um, that we have to hold accountable. We've got aging parents that we have to hold you know, each other accountable for. So here's just a friendly reminder of how amazing and why I love my niece so much. <laughs> is can you explain a little bit about this picture for me um so recently i went to iceland for i will say the important part is i went to iceland for my stepsister's wedding but i got to do a pretty neat scuba diving adventure uh and i will say a lot of people are jealous because it's a bucket list thing to do and it's a dive between the tectonic plates so i i can't say which one's eurasia or the north american plates but i am able to touch it and here's the picture the water is unbelievably clear it tastes amazing and here i am um this is not my entire kit but if you look close enough i have a little mustache <laughs> that's so cool so okay so you don't know if you're facing north or south is my guess or whatever because because what i'm saying is you don't know which side is which correct mm -hmm. okay. i can't remember which side it was a quick little briefing and we were like okay gear up and jump in <laughs> okay so you're literally stuck between two freaking tectonic plates mm -hmm. like at one point that was connected and that was pangea so um is there any fear that they could smush and shift while you're down there so they're actually expanding so every year they go by i pardon me i probably like like a eighth of an inch or something like that so a huge joke when I was telling everyone I was doing this is that are you even going to reach because I'm a little shorter but <laughs> um so yeah they're actually expanding so I wouldn't be worried about becoming a mountain <laughs> well but uh, hi rocks can still fall yeah absolutely um so it's on national property or national park so you actually can't go to the bottom where rocks will fall so you're kind of hovering between 50 or five to 30 uh, 40 feet okay so the reason why i think it's so freaking cool is a look how clear and pristine <laughs> that water is like that is so badass that is so and when you said the water tastes good i'm sorry girl talk to me because typically don't people don't like say they want to touch or drink or taste ocean water so why is that different um so i guess it's once you know a little bit more about scuba diving is like oh you drank the water because Let's be real, a lot of people pee in their wetsuits and no one's peeing in their wetsuits here because we're in dry suits, which is a different setup for colder water, like 40, 40 degrees to be precise. Um, this water is clear from like, you can read it on Google or what have you, is that it's being filtered through those rocks. And I mean, they're kind of, it goes out into a lake, but that lake doesn't really push back in. So it's mainly going outwards. 
there's a camera outwards. Um, so I guess like just drinking the water, it was one of the things that's like, oh, if you're comfortable, drink the water and <laughs> dude. Okay. So you want to hear something stupid that I did? And, and I, I, I know now that I really think about it, it probably wasn't one of my more genius ideas, but it should have been offered to me because you know me, if someone offers me a chance to try something, I'm like, yeah, I'll try it once. <laughs> so we were up in Alaska and we were on a crew, uh, like a, we didn't do a cruise. We just did a boat trip and like a day trip. And we were looking at one of the glaciers and they had like floating ice from the glacier. And uh, so of course they scooped it all up. And so the boat people were like, and we want a chip of the ice. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. I'm like, put it in my ginger ale and whiskey drink. Let's go for it. I figured the whiskey would kill it, right? Whatever's in there. And so I drank it and like everyone's looking at me and they're like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, dude, how often do you have the ability to say I'm drinking like 14 million year old ice or whatever, right? right? Mm -hmm. Never mind the bacteria and God knows what I just ingested and put in my body. And you know, those things like might get, they, and they have proven they, they these like little bacterial things like are dormant and then also they get reactivated again in warmer temperatures so anyway so i drank it again thinking the whiskey might kill everything and um about 30 minutes later my throat started like like being sore a little bit and i was like row. <laughs> probably not one of my wiser decisions in life <laughs> yeah so well that so did your voice did your throat like hurt or anything no like that? it was so i don't even know how to describe it it's just pure and refreshing and I mean, Iceland, there's a lot of like active volcanoes. So, I mean, like maybe that's helping out with flushing it up and heat. I mean, it's very cold water right there. And all of Iceland in general had very good water. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because I think one of the reasons why I actually wanted and I was excited to have you on, not because you're my niece and I really wanted to tease you a little bit more, but realistically speaking, the audience that listens here are all business folks. But we all crave adventure. We all kind of want to break our the monotony of our lives. So let's say I'm interested. Like I'm like that picture has inspired <laughs> me, and I'm like I'm all for that. How does one get scuba certified to be able to a do a dive something of that caliber and or maybe more casual, maybe out in the oh I don't know Bahamas somewhere? <laughs> That's where a lot of people tend to go when they think of diving. They're like oh tropical in my bikinis or what have you. But as you get into diving, you see something like Iceland and you're like, Hmm, that looks cool. Um, and then the, you know, there's some up, like I will say, as I've learned a little bit more about diving is you want to go to the cold water. Cause that's where all the shipwrecks are and the history. And it's just being preserved under just like sometimes pressure ruins it a little bit, but you know, it's being preserved a little bit and it's much colder water. So how to get there, like what my, company that I work with, we do for open water, just basic open water, you go about 60 feet. Uh, we just have like a four day thing where you do orientation, you do a full day at pool, and then you go out into open water to apply all the skills that you learn in the pool. And then you're certified if you want to go deeper and just learn more about different gases and how to navigate a little bit more thoroughly and go deeper in the effects of death. Depth. It's like death. I'm like, well, oh, we don't want to do that. <laughs> the effects of depth. <laughs> um, then you can go into advanced open water and, of course, climb that ladder. So in this picture, all they require is the basic certification as well as dry suit certified. Dry suit, I describe it as a 
fitted trash bag. I mean, they use different material, but if you're not used to all those terminologies and material wise, it's like a pretty trash bag that makes that keeps most of your body dry. <laughs> and you can like layer it like with ski layers or any other layers. So I'm like wearing sweats, leggings, uh, I think a t-shirt, another shirt and another shirt. Just whatever weather you wear in 40 degrees underneath that suit right now. And on the websites it says that you have to have 10 logged dry suit dives because dry suit, it's an, another bubble. So you have your BCD, which stands for buoyancy control device, and that is a backpack that, <laughs> sorry, and that is a backpack that helps you with your buoyancy. So that's an air pocket. You have a dry suit, which is like a Michelin bubble. <laughs> so if you inflate it entirely, you'll look like a Michelin, uh, Michelin man. Michelin man. And that it can be dangerous because you don't want to ascend too quickly because then that can cause injuries. And then, of course, your lungs are another. So you have three bubbles instead of two bubbles. And so, I mean, that's the only thing is, like, to have experience in adjusting to those bubbles to make sure you empty it out or inflate it so you're not sinking, you're not um, having a uh, increased ascent, so no injuries. So not, I know it sounds intense. You went, but... went hella technical, girl. All, <laughs> all I was trying to do is get you promoted, like, to say, hey, I want to go with Kate because you know what? You do tours. You you I actually do do run tours. tours, right? Yeah. So talk to me about Honduras because you were just out in Roatan. And, um, so overall, it's not that hard to get certified. <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah, so so if I want to go, like, a maybe a corporate retreat, like, leadership, like, go like learn how to scuba together or if you guys are all scuba certified, you can scuba together. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you can put together, like, I think you mentioned uh, what destinations are you guys looking at and tell me why you can't take everyone right now. <laughs> uh, so we, our shop tends to go to Roatan, Honduras a ton. It's an easy place to go uh, and it's easy for new divers because some locations, what if the wave is a little too heavy or if it's a little darker and you just don't want to put a new diver in that situation. So we go to Roatan all the time and our upcoming trips are thailand belize and then 2024 we're trying to do a liveaboard in the galapagos so thailand after i told everyone about my story i was like oh i started in thailand i think it's amazing to do like a full circle like huh i'm finally certified now i'm in that professional stage where i can start bringing people to give them like little tours or anything and right now for our Thailand list, we haven't confirmed dates, but we have a long waiting list where I think we're trying to do two weeks in Thailand. I don't know if we'll extend it to three weeks just so we can fit all those people that want to come and join us. And the Belize, I'm not too sure about, but in New Mexico, we have a blue hole. It's a natural water, natural water reserve. And in Belize, there's also another blue Big old hole. Blue hole. Right. And so a lot of people tend to be like, oh, I want to go to all the blue holes or what have you. What have you. So, I mean, I, okay. So like that, I think is really cool. And I think that's something we don't really talk about though. Like to me, scuba diving is such a, um, talk about risk. Like you're, you're taking a risk. You're kind of going into, mm -hmm. you're out of your comfort zone. Like, Anyone that knows me, I almost drowned my boyfriend snorkeling out in Oahu because I freaked out because I saw a beautiful turtle swimming like 20 feet below. <laughs> it's not the water I'm afraid of. It's the things living in there that I'm afraid of. But um, so how do you overcome that? Because I I, I mean, literally I, I literally got into like a, a fit of laughter. 
and I couldn't stop it. It was like a nervous trigger that I just started laughing. Yeah, that's exactly why I was nervous of open water. So when I initially started, I was snorkeling, saw the fishes. I also didn't have a prescription mask, so maybe everything was a little bit more distorted than usual. <laughs> but I saw the fishes and the creatures down below while I was snorkeling. And I, I don't know, that this fear of whatever is underneath the water is what terrified me. And in my mindset is the solution is, oh, well, just go down there and hang out with them, be closer to them, be more personable with them. And then, then it's better than being vulnerable at the top. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the, okay. So um, do you think then some of those are the chore that you give? Sorry, guys, if you hear that, that's my dad in the background. Sorry. Um, so if you are um, doing these chores and running these chores, Mm -hmm. What would you say the average age is that's embracing this? Honestly, we have a variety of people. I will say the older generation, just because, you know, I have a little bit more money for the resorts. It's a little easier for them to come by. But if the kids are lucky, they get to come too. So we have ages between six or 15. You can get certified at the age of 10. Um, yeah, so that's the youngest one, but at age of 10, you can't go as deep to six. It's usually about 45. Uh, so age of 10. So I think the youngest person that we've had on trips is maybe 13 and then it goes up to like 70. <laughs> so do you think they're, I mean, these, you have to be certified. So everyone understands the process mm -hmm. and all that stuff, but who's, who, who learns faster? That's very difficult. So like I said earlier with the term of decreasing attention span uh, <laughs> and i think it, it doesn't even have to insect like on technology and social medias but kids they're very they're learning things so sometimes being like hey this is an important skill please <laughs> you have to like hello please come back <laughs> come also, back <laughs> yeah but also in scuba diving yeah in scuba yeah. diving people don't realize how physical it is so you're what I like to say, I say think fish, be fish. And I say right now we're land breathing because we're using our noses. And when we go underwater, we have to become like water breathers because we use our mouths. And a lot of people, it's hard to just breathe out of your mouth. And all of a sudden you're underwater and you're told not to go up whenever you can. <laughs> and you're also being taught like, okay, while you're breathing underwater, please adjust your buoyancy with your air. Like here's push this button. And sometimes that's overwhelming for the older generation. So to say who learns faster, I would say it just depends on the person's ability to quickly multitask. <laughs> oh, well, sh this is yet another reason why I am not made for scuba diving. Yeah, because we have older people and they're like, wait, I can only do one, one skill at a time. Please demonstrate it one time right before we do it one time five minutes before and sometimes with kids you're like hey you can't just be like and like play around like this isn't a playing sport until you i suggest don't play around in your first open water and then once you get a little bit more comfortable in your gear or like just your own breathing because that's your buoyancy then you can start doing a little bit more experimental things you just gave me an idea and i forgot to ask about this because this is supposed to be about generations but i got excited about talking about scuba diving um <laughs> Do you ever get pushback being so young with some of your older clients? Yes, 
I also sometimes get pushed back, especially being a female, because sometimes Ooh. they're like, oh, you're so small. And I look kind of young where some of my co-workers thought I was graduating high school or barely 20. And then I tell them I'm 25 and they're very surprised. <laughs> uh, so sometimes like being a female, cause especially with carrying tanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a good problem to have, girl. Trust, trust me. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah, so sometimes with carrying gear, they're like, oh, let me help you. And I'm like, mm, I can do it. <laughs> like, I'll just lug it at like a 45-pound tank on my shoulder. I'm like, back off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but pushback being younger, sometimes the sometimes people who want to refresh their certifications and they've been they did the older so so as education and learning scuba diving has changed it used to be a little bit materialist not materialistic militarized so it was like okay you have to do this you have to carry this you have to go get your gear and like hold your breath and blah 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 and it's not that hard anymore so some people were like oh i did it 30 years ago and so we had to do all of this things like we're not doing it where I'm like, yeah, no, it's different now. And they'll not necessarily know it all, but I get that that's what they're comfortable with. That's the knowledge that they were taught and having to change that. Like with any habits, having something new is a little bit more difficult to understand. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that because I mean, we could talk about more about this you know, later <laughs> on and guys. So, I mean, I kind of threw her literally like 20 minutes before we were supposed to go live. So we really kind of just threw this together. So thank you so much much KT for yeah, joining and being a good sport about yeah. it. So, um, you know, I really do want to uh, promote you because I do know that you guys are looking to launch more tours and whatnot. Mm -hmm. How can they get a hold of you to learn more? Um, because even though you're based in Albuquerque, it's not like you're stuck in Albuquerque, which yeah. I think, by the way, there is a blue hole in Albuquerque. It's a natural hole, or uh, natural C note, right? Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, is it's, it's, like, oh, it's like a cenote, cenote? or something like that but it is a natural water. <laughs> okay, yeah, so there is water in Albuquerque. It's all I'm saying, because when she first told me, I'm learning how to scuba dive in New Mexico, and I'm like, in a pool? Like, <laughs> so I didn't know. So no, my, no. I just want, I want to properly apologize to the state of New Mexico. I am sorry, because <laughs> I was talking some smack earlier in another <laughs> broadcast. So, um, but how, for, for those that want to get a hold of you, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, so always on LinkedIn, I think my name is Caitlin T. Wu under LinkedIn. So just expand the K on that KT, uh, K-A-T-E-L-Y-N or the scuba company, which is Albuquerque, New Mexico. And that's the shop that I work with. And it's, so they've offered me a lot of opportunities where I can always contract with them. And so wherever I am, if that's like an easy base and then they can just call me and say, Hey, I want KT or something like that. And I can definitely be there for trips. Dude, I, I, I'm kind of envious of you because you get to see the world and do something that you're loving and passionate about, mm -hmm. which has absolutely nothing to do with international business, but oh, maybe it but, does. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe it does. Real quick, why would it matter your international business degree with your scuba diving? Well, business? of course, with international business, you have to understand the business between. So we do contact and we set up dives, I mean, dive trips. You don't have to be a diver all the time. We have people who just bring their grandma or, oh yes. Or aunties or that might just sit there. Absolutely. So uh, we have to understand what's going on in the climate and like definitely with traveling lately, just understanding like, hey, what business deals? And we do have to like make sales and deals with the resorts to be like, hey, do you mind us buying your resort out for 20 some people or what have you or whatever? No, that's, I mean, <laughs> in essence, cause you're really just making it 
uh, click, right? Mm -hmm. Point and click, like this is the experience I want. And then you guys put it all together mm -hmm. and make it happen. So if anyone's interested in that, what's the name of your dive shop again? The Scuba Company. And um, if you happen to like a lot of their marketing stuff, like they're, she, you're a big fan of uh, promoting random holidays. So wait, I know we're over time, but I do have to just promote the fact that she was working on it this morning or yesterday. And I was mm -hmm. like, chocolate milk day, what the <laughs> hell? But okay, so you're going to see a promo on happy chocolate milk day. And there's a reason why sh it should matter for scuba diving people. So just real quick, because I thought it was fascinating. Oh, so if you ever look on like Facebook or Instagram for the scuba company, I'm very random, I guess you could say. I saw chocolate milk because we have a compressor and it filters out the air. So we make sure that we have clean air for our students and ourselves because while you're at pressure, any little bits of remnants of any toxins of air could affect you while you're diving. And you'll learn more when you get your open water certification. But when we drain our condensate from our compressor, it looks like chocolate milk. It's disgusting, especially when you shake it. I mean, I don't know why we shake it, but we do. And it looks like chocolate milk. So that just reminded me of National Chocolate Milk Day. So what? So her little marketing campaign is hilarious. I won't go into it too much, but apparently as a scuba diver, you don't want, you want to drink your chocolate milk. You don't want to be breathing it. So on that note, uh, Katie, thank you so much. You. The scuba shop guys out of New Mexico, hit them up if you're curious, if you want to do a corporate group trip or you're yourself with your family. Mm -hmm. Really, I mean, I just absolutely love what you're doing and I, I just want to cheer you to success. Um, so as, as always, I do have to do my own brand promotion just to make sure everyone understands. So real quick, coming up, we have the uh, Global Leaders Organization Dallas. If you are based in Dallas, join us August 31st. We do have uh, our special guest speaker is Justin Forsett, former NFL, as well as founder of Hustle Clean. And um, if you're interested in learning more about GLOW, it's all about community, commerce, capital content. Ask us what that means, Aaron Greger and myself. And of course, I'd be remiss not to promote my own damn business, people, Innovation Media Enterprises. We produce people's podcasts and digital content. So everyone has a story to tell. KT, case in point today. So what we do is consult, strategize, production, and marketing for your digital content. If you have questions, feel free to hit me up. My name is Sia. This is Caitlin Wu, KT. And uh, I guess that will wrap it up for another episode of The Mic is Listening, guys. See you till next week. Thank you. Oh, and...